The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. I'm your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of the show, where we get to sit down, make a new friend, and meet some of the most innovative and creative forces shaping our world today. If you're like me, you are obsessed with The White Lotus. I thought the ensemble was spectacular, the writing was so captivating, and I truly felt like I was entering another world every week when I watched this show. Which is why I am so excited, because today we are joined by the one and only Brittany O'Grady, the actress who stunned us and kind of scared us in her role as Paula in the HBO hit series. I loved watching Brittany in this role. She is so talented, and I truly felt like this was such a breakout role for her, which is why I'm so excited to have her on the show today, because she is giving us her masterclass on cultivating a career as a performer. So if you're an aspiring actor or an actress, take notes. From her best tip to landing an audition to what it's like embodying a character completely different from yourself, her insight is unparalleled and I cannot wait to see what her career brings. We, of course, also talk Sydney Sweeney, Gen Z, astrology, and so much more. If you haven't seen The White Lotus yet, there are no spoilers in here, but at the same time, I question you and what you're doing. So head to HBO now. It's bingeable. It's incredible. And I promise you, you will thank me. I hope you guys love this episode. If you haven't followed the show yet and you find yourself coming back, take the time to follow us and please leave us a review. If you love the show, share it with your friends, share it on social. I will always reshare as you guys are listening and slide in your DMs and say hi. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you all. Here's my friend, Brittany O'Grady. I so appreciate you being here today. I'm such a big fan. I love your work. It's so awesome to connect. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I I really appreciate you. Such great energy. And uh, when I saw that you guys, you know, wanted to connect, I, I got really excited. And this is a really cool opportunity. So thank you for having me. So I'm me, myself, probably every single listener right now, massive fans of White Lotus. It was so good. I was like glued every single single night to like my TV, just absolutely mesmerized with the show. Congratulations on all of its success. It must've been a whirlwind. No, thank you. Yeah. I just, I didn't expect it at all. And I've never really been on a show that's been a hit before. Like I've done a lot of work and this one was the first time where I felt like everybody was watching it. And so it's nice to I mean, it's just good writing, a great cast. I mean, it's great writing, a great cast. It's just solid and it has really interesting themes, you know, and to be a part of this project and to play a fun character that had such an interesting arc was was really awesome. So I'm glad that people responded well to the show and I'm glad to have been a part of it, you know. It's been great. It definitely received an incredible response, but for so many people listening right now, I'm sure that you're someone that they're dying to get to know. So I would love to rewind a little bit and hear about your upbringing. You're so talented. I know you sing as well. And I would love to hear a little bit about when you started acting. Oh yeah. So group, uh, and I was born and raised in Arlington, Virginia, right outside of DC. My dad, um, he works in financial aid and my mom was a reporter and covered politics. And my parents met at American university. So they settled like five minutes away from DC and so my sister, who's a year and a half older than me, my myself, and then my little brother, we all born and raised in Arlington. And uh, I started acting. My parents put me in commercial modeling, print work kind of stuff when I was four. And I think my parents started to realize uh, that, 
you know, I kind of had a knack for it. So I, I started auditioning for professional theater in the DC area. And then when I was 16, I decided like, I really want to go into film and television and, and uh, try to explore that arena. So I graduated early from high school, moved to LA when I was 17. And then I went to college and got some jobs here and there. And then when I booked star, my first big, big uh, show, that's when I left college and have been working ever since. So uh, that's kind of been the trajectory of of uh, where I've been and where I am now. I love talking to people that have been performing their entire lives. I performed as a kid. I was a dancer. I loved it. Yeah. And I think that there's something that hits you viscerally in a different way when you watch other performers because you can really see yourselves in them. And I'm curious to hear if there was someone that you watched growing up that really inspired you or moved you in a way that affected the way you work today. Oh, wow. That's a really good question. I didn't know that you were a dancer. I was. I danced until I was about 17, um, ballet specifically, which is definitely a, an interesting way to grow up. But I, I loved it and I still do. I just take class for fun every now and again now. It's a really, really wonderful practice, I think, to have in your upbringing. Oh, for sure. And it's such a, ballet is such an incredible art and you carry it with the rest like carry it with you the rest of your life and good for you for continuing classes. I'm way too scared to go back. So I'm not going to lie to you. I went to my first class because when I quit, it was a little traumatic. I kind of made the decision if I wanted to go to college or continue on. And so when I got into college, I think I took my first class two years later and I went to steps in New York, which obviously is very well known. And a lot of professional ABT and New York city ballet dancers go there. And it was intimidating. I, I totally hear the sentiment you're saying. It's definitely one of those things that Definitely puts you in your place. It's very humbling. Oh my gosh, for sure. I mean, I just think it's brave. I think feeling not enough is something that a lot of performers go through. And like when you're put in a scenario when you want to improve on your craft, like I think it's important to find a safe space to do it. I can say the one person that's coming to mind for me right now, the one actor who inspired me to really go after it at such a young age uh, was Jennifer Lawrence seeing what she did to, to kind of make her way and to kind of carve out her career. That was the one person where I was like, this is what she did. She went after it. She made sacrifices. I mean, I loved being in school. I loved being part of a community. I love the safety of routine. And so that I was like, well, if I really want to do beautiful performances like winter's bone and do all these things, I have to create these opportunities. I got to take a risk. So that was one actor um, or actress who, who inspired me. I so just, it was mostly just films. Like I loved watching really dark movies after school on Friday night. Like I was like, I always thought I was an extrovert and now I'm feeling more introverted. And I look back, I'm like, how did I spend my free time in high school? I was like, Oh, I just stayed at home and watched movies. Like that's what I did. Love that. I would love to hear about the moment that you first read the white Lotus script. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm trying to think when I, first started reading the script. It was after I did my audition and then I did a callback. Um, and then when I heard I got the role, I was so excited. I got a call from my team. They told me like the cast, they said where we're going to be staying. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I hadn't worked in a year. I was so excited. And then I got sent scripts one through five. Um, there's six episodes and I was really excited because I thought that my character was just going to be comedic relief. I thought, you know, I, I knew that Olivia and Paula were kind of two peas in a pod and I was really excited to see the arc 
that my character actually went through. And I thought it would be a good challenge, a good, you know, precise challenge for me to play. And I was so ready to do it. And I love that the character kind of did something questionable, but felt right in her or justified in her own way. And I remember talking to Mike about it. And that was when I knew that that's when I got really, really excited because I didn't know where the character was going or how things would play out. And everybody had such great depth. All the characters did. So that was nice to read in the script as well. Yeah. When Olivia had some of the funniest scenes in my mind, what was your audition scene? Um, it was, I, I think I actually just ran across my, my tape for it. It was when Olivia and Paula are on the boat judging everybody. And then the next one was, uh, the scene where we're talking to Rachel, Alex Daddario's character at the pool. So (laughs) iconic scene. I think that that really served up you and Olivia's character on a platter. Oh, like on a silver platter. It was, it was amazing to see the Twitter memes going around about that scene. I, I was, I, my sister would send them to me all the time, but yeah, the meme, I, when you make, when you make funny memes out of a character, that's another win as well. Like, I'm, like, hey, I'm glad that, that it, you know, the, the jokes and the writing live on beyond, beyond the show itself, which is cool. We'll be right back after a quick break. The problem that I have with health supplements these days is that I'm not 100% convinced the mass majority do anything to actually improve my health. The rare herb that promises to cure everything most likely can't. I know which foods are good for me, but the problem is that my schedule has been so crazy lately that I actually don't get to eat enough of them every day. This is why I love Memories Whole Food Powders. It allows me to fill the gaps in my diet with highly absorbable whole foods. And there's not a single ingredient on their label that I don't recognize, which we all know is absolutely rare. And let's get to the benefits. Memory is all about improving brain health. That's something I don't think we talk about enough. And because eating for brain health is eating for your gut, muscles, bones, and heart, I literally use their powders for everything. It's my daily greens mix, my ultra clean plant-based protein powder, and fiber heavy gut solution, but most importantly, my daily cognitive support. One serving of memory gives me 10 grams of plant-based protein over a serving of leafy green veggies, six grams of fiber, prebiotics, and absolutely zero added sugars or sweeteners. It's also a great source of antioxidants, which comes from its first ingredients, blueberries, vitamin A and K, magnesium, and plant-based omega-3s. They make it so easy for me to incorporate this into my daily routine, All three delicious flavors can be mixed easily into an eight ounce glass of water, blended into a smoothie, or even incorporated into my favorite recipes. Right now, I am addicted to the base. I've been using it every day, but the flavor choice is totally up to you. Memory is giving you guys 30% off at checkout when you head to yourmemory.com backslash friend. So I really recommend taking full advantage and trying them all. That's Y-O-U-R-M-E-M-O-R-E.com forward slash friend for 30% off at checkout. How do you know that the products you're using on your skin are the right things for your skin? This is something I've been thinking about a ton lately. I'm a beauty junkie. I love trying new products. And I notice that sometimes I get a little bit overexcited when I'm doing my skincare routine, add a couple things, and that always leads to breakouts, which is why I love today's sponsor, The Inky List. They'll give you glowing skin, reduce fine lines, or banish breakouts by giving you simple answers on the right ingredients for your skin. Founded in 2018, the Inkey List was born from a belief that better knowledge powers better decisions. 
They believe that knowledge powers change, not only in skincare, but when it comes to people and the planet too. The Inky List wants to encourage you guys to make changes to your skincare routine with access to clear and simple pieces of knowledge. Through their Ask Inky service, a service where you can learn more about your skin so you can get the results you want. What I love most about this entire process is they are so transparent about the fact that not all ingredients will work for everyone. Skincare is a journey, but they're on that journey with us and no question or issue is off limits. The other day I went on their website and I visited their recipe builder. I can't recommend this enough. It's at theinkylist.com. They asked me five questions. It took me five minutes to do and I got a unique prescribed skincare regimen that is directly for my skin and the issues that I'm dealing with. You guys should visit theinkylist.com to create your personalized routine and find the right ingredients for your skin too. Now let's get back to the show. You just spoke a little bit about your character. I love that you said that, you know, your character might have done something not necessarily right, but you felt that it was for her. I would love to hear about your experience playing Paula. How did you see her through your lens as you were reading the script and getting ready to play her? What comes to mind for me is kind of being a fish in a fishbowl or something, like kind of just out. Totally. So I, I just, you know, I, I think about the scenes where we're in the the suite with the Mossbachers and they're all, you know, talking and, or a lot of the scenes were at dinner or breakfast. Um, it was just a lot of internal emotion, observation, a lot of silence. And as an actor, I guess I just watched everybody in the scenes, internalized it, and then brought it out for the other scenes where they, they needed to come out. That was, uh, kind of the process for my, for, for me as an actor. And, and then it was interesting to do the scenes with Kai because I felt like another side of Paula would come out and it was more of the vulnerable side. And then you have those vulnerable moments with Olivia as well, but it's more shame and uh, maybe not shame. I would say just actually not shame acceptance for what, what their friendship is and how society works out. So that was the difference between Paula and I as well. Normally I feel a lot of shame, guilt. I try to do things the right way. You know, if I want to make change, do it, I do it with what I think to be the, you know, the good way to do it and, and not to offend anybody, not to, but maybe help someone grow and change. And I think Paula was ruthless. <laughs> Absolutely ruthless in that. Something that I really would love to talk about. And I think that this is something that if there are any actors or actresses aspiring that are listening right now is what we were kind of talking about before, which is this idea that, you know, sometimes you don't always get to play the good character and embodying that I can imagine can be challenging finding those kind of moments where it it might not be representative of yourself. And actually while I was watching the show, something that came up was this idea in psychology that's called shadow work. It's pretty much the process of getting in touch with those negative things, maybe things that you've repressed, not realizing that you have and coming to a place where you can acknowledge that you do have some bad things about you and maybe working through them. So I don't know if that was a part of your preparation process, but would love to hear if, if it was, if it wasn't, and if there were maybe some things in there that you can identify with in preparing for a character that's not necessarily always like. Oh my gosh, that is such an amazing question. I, you know, I, I didn't think necessarily about the shadow shadow work specifically, but now that you're bringing it up, I think that there's elements of that that probably were a part of the process of creating Paula. And also, I think that there was that contrast I had within myself and my personal experiences 
you know, sitting at a table with somebody saying, or, or just people coming to light with who they are and how they view the world and how they benefit from it and comparing it to how, how I handle it and how Paula handles it. And I think that's where I had an internal struggle as a person because I was like, I would have never made these choices. I feel what Paula feels. I've been there. And I think that I realized that I choose, you know, I, I have this internal fire in me, but what I repress is my truth to make everybody else feel comfortable. And Paula did not do that. And that was something that was a big aha moment for me as a person, as an actor. And I had that moment with Mike. I don't think he really understands that, but it was, you know, it was a choice I made where, you know, Paula was crying in the bed and Olivia hugs her. And in one of the takes, I said, I'm sorry. And then Mike comes in and he goes, you're not, don't say sorry. You're not sorry. And I was like, hmm. Uh, you know, I, uh, I think growing up, I always wanted to apologize if I hurt someone else or made someone feel bad. Or, and I realized, uh, I think in that action, you can say, I'm sorry, put your family in harm's way or, or, you know, but, you know, it's, it's okay to, to call someone out on their behavior if they have hurt you. Like, and that's something I think a shadow within myself is repressing my emotions when someone has done me wrong to make them feel comfortable when it comes to racism, when it comes to just microaggressions or just poor behavior on someone else's part. Yeah. I mean, I think acting in general, performing in general, it really illuminates sides of ourselves that we might've not known prior to taking on that role. Yeah. That's something that I I definitely feel comes up, you know, maybe, you know, you emote in a way that you didn't expect, or, or it really is a, a deep learning process about yourself and, and a deep study of learning how to almost control your emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important as I'm getting older, you know, I'm in my mid twenties now and, and just being honest with yourself and being honest with others. And I think I have been exercising that and being honest about systems in life and that don't work and need to be changed. And that's something that I'm trying to actively, you know, portray when I'm faced with it in my personal life or seeing other people suffer through it. So I think I'm better at sticking up for others than sticking up for myself. So, <laughs> there was a incredible article that came out with you and Sydney Sweeney who played Olivia mm-hmm. in the show with you. And it was all about how both of your characters portrayed and seemed to be emblematic of Gen Z today. And I would love to hear your take on that because personally, I loved watching your characters. I was dying. I was laughing. And I was like, this is just too good. And I would love to hear if you think that that was really what was supposed to be happening. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Gen Z, my, my brother's in Gen Z. I actually really like Gen Z. I think that they're in a bad rap. They do. I mean, I think millennials get like the whiny rap, like we're like, like always upset and eat a lot of avocado toast, which is like partially true on my part, but, um, like I'm on the cusp, uh, but I, but I think that Paula and Olivia are typical. No, I wouldn't say typical Gen Z, but uh, they're bold. They're themselves and, and they love to challenge people and, and, and then they kind of make fun in that way. Uh, and Mike was just way on point with that. I think that he was more hip to Gen Z culture than, than I, than I, you know, and I have to admit that. I think Sydney and I were like, whoa, like I didn't, you know, and I think that, you know, we're both, you know, 
we don't identify as much with that specific part of Gen Z culture, but it was fun to play it. And we, you know, would find inspiration or just, you know, look at the script, ask my questions and Mike would kind of express it. And I think that we just, you know, try to do our best to portray it. So it was a lot of fun though. (laughs) Something else you guys said in that article that I really loved was that both of you were somewhat afraid or that you were navigating this concept of being so deeply associated and tied to your characters. Yes. And I think that that's something that a lot of actors and actresses deal with. It's like the idea of being typecasted or, or, you know, stereotyped into a certain role or even kind of taking those elements of those characters into your real life. Yeah, it it was really interesting. We, Sydney and I talked, you know, the the first day we got out of quarantine and, you know, had told, told our, you know, told each other, you know, experiences that we had with, you know, mean girls and, and specific experiences. And, uh, it's just, I think it's fun to play an alter ego in a way, or, or to play someone that's mean when you're not necessarily mean in real life. And it's just interesting to hear, to hear different people's responses about how afraid they are of the character and stuff like that. And, or sometimes I'll have people come up to me and say things or there'll be comments on the, on Instagram. They'll be like, Oh, that's where Apollo went. I'm like, Oh gosh, like, God, it's like, oh, kind of fun. Or people will be like, Oh, you know, there she goes stealing bracelets. I'm like, I'm just like going to the grocery store. Uh, it's, it's funny. I, I, I'm glad that people, uh, embraced the, the character and, and, and I, I, I try to see it in a positive, there is a little bit of discomfort. But I think I'm just, I think it comes with the territory. We'll be right back after a quick break. Let's be real. There's probably one or more of you listening right now that have told yourselves you're going to start therapy this year, but haven't taken the leap yet. If so, that's totally okay. And I'm here to help. Meet BetterHelp. It's a digital platform that assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. No need to vet people. No need to ask friends. This is something you can do right now. In fact, you can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours. So if you're dealing with something right now, you can get the help you need in just two days. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They make it so easy and free to change your counselor at any time. You can communicate with your counselor via message at any time too, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You'll be connected in a safe and private online environment. It's truly so convenient and so easy. I love BetterHelp because it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online, all without having to sit in a waiting room or have an awkward run-in with someone you might know. It's confidential, and they cover a range of topics from depression to trauma, self-esteem, family conflicts, and so much more. The best part? It's way more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And since it's digital, they can service people worldwide. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you guys to start living a happier life today and take the leap. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com friend. You'll be joining over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health too. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friend. Is there anything better than the smell of the holidays? Well, I have the perfect holiday gift for you to get ahead on that also brings the scent straight to your home. Meet Vitruvi. 
Vitruvi creates beautiful diffusers and non-toxic essential oils to naturally and safely scent your space. Their natural plant-based oils are made without silicones, parabens, and synthetic fragrances. So they're 100% pure, vegan, and cruelty-free. With scent, the air at home is full of possibilities. You can literally turn your home into a winter wonderland. And this season, Vitruvi has created an offering that makes the holidays and gifting feel that extra bit special. Their holiday collection is designed specifically for their winter season and available only for a limited time with three new diffuser colors from Willow, Chestnut, and Charm. And to match, they've also launched two new scents. One of them is the Fireside with top notes of nutmeg and wild orange. It's for slow days and cozy nights. And the second is Afterglow with top notes of clove and cassia. This blend is for coming in from the cold. It's spicy, sweet, and inviting. Vitruvies are truly the perfect gift so this season, give the gift of a Vitruvi. Visit vitruvi.com backslash friend of a friend and use code friend20 to get 20% off your next purchase. That's 20% off your next purchase using code friend20. Now let's get back to the show. I loved the season finale, but I also feel like it was one of those shows that left you dangling with every character. Like I actually was dying. I, I was like, I want to know what happens to Paula and Olivia. So I would love to hear what you think happened to your character after the curtain went down. I think that Paula and Olivia started to become distant friends. Like, you know, when you have a fight with a friend and things kind of explode in your face and then it's like, you see them in the hallway, like, Hey, good to see you. But then you start having new groups of friends. I think that yep. happens to them. Yeah. That's my guess. Went from sitting next to each other by the pool of reading books to the distant friends in the hallway. You hate to see it. Yeah. You hate to see it. How are you feeling about season two? I heard there's a whole new cast, whole new location. How do you feel about the show continuing on? I'm so excited and I'm excited to be an audience member. Yes. Shocked and to have that ex- the experience that everybody else had, you know, that that's something I'm super pumped for. And I, I'm excited to know where they're going to film and all the rest of the details. I'm really stoked and just cool to have, you know, been a part of, the beginning of it and just to see where it goes. I loved seeing all the behind the scenes films that were like coming out on Instagram when the show came out. I feel like I saw a bunch of film photos of Lucas Gage and mm-hmm. definitely saw one of Lucas Gage and Jennifer Coolidge and was like, oh my God, what? I would die to be on that boat. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, it was such a wonderful experience. And I think that all of us got to know each other more than we would have on a standard show because it was a lot of our first time. I think it was most of us, our first time working uh, during the pandemic and we all lived in the same space. We we're all going through this together. And a lot of the show is based off of the ensemble. So we got to know each other really well and have dinner together and see turtles together, go swimming together, see the sunset. We had, we had these, moments that were created with one another that I've, I've never had with others before in such a short period of time. So the whole cast is very special to me and, and, the, and the crew too. The crew worked incredibly hard and we all just had that moment together that was so rare and so beautiful. And I love bonding with people. So that was the biggest gift of the whole show. I love that you're saying that because earlier you said that you were an introvert. So I'd love to hear that you also oh. Those are are conflicting, but I love it. Yes, that is very conflicting. I, you know, it's interesting. I feel like 
like I, I normally see myself as very extroverted. And what I'm starting to see is that I recharge having moments by myself. Um, so maybe I'm an ambivert, but I love people at the same time. But I love being around people in intimate settings and connecting rather than, you know, if you're at a club, like it's like, oh, I love the energy. I'm like, ah, like, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I haven't been to a club in probably three years or something crazy like that, but. Okay. What's your sign? Oh my God. You, take- I had, I had, like you were getting into your personality and I was like, I'm about to ask her what her sign is. <laughs> you take a guess. I feel like you're going to guess right. I mean, you just told me that you have like two kind of split personalities there. So I'm going to say maybe a Gemini. Call yourself psychic because I'm a Gemini. <laughs> Do you mind if I ask what your sign is? I'm an Aquarius. Oh, I love Aquarius. Oh my God. That's and why this is so swimmingly. <laughs> yes. You know, it's so funny. My sister is a Libra and I'm a Gemini. And so it, I feel like the air, you know, Aquarius and, and Gemini get along great. And then... Libra and Gemini get along great. And Geminis can be crazy, but we also like some people love Geminis and then some people hate them. But a, a lot of people usually guess I'm a water sign because I'm so sensitive. And I was supposed to be born a cancer. I was born June 2nd and I was, but I was supposed to be born July 17th. So I was born really, really early. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any water in my chart really. Interesting. Yeah. You mentioned right as we started that this was definitely a huge role for you. And the fact that it blew up, I could imagine, is this really incredible feeling to feel as an artist. And I would love to hear about how you're thinking about your career differently now that you've had this incredible breakout role and how you're thinking about roles in the future differently. Mm, um, it's interesting. A lot of, uh, because of the show's success, uh, I think a lot more doors have opened. And I think that a lot of people really enjoyed the character, Paula, which is nice. You know, I'm excited not to play it as safe as I normally do as an actor. I think I'm always, you know, you always want to, you know, make everything as perfect as possible. At least I I know I, I, I always want to make, you know, the director happy, the writer happy. And I think my goal now for characters that I play is to dive deeper and to feel more empowered as an actor to make decisions uh, maybe that aren't necessarily what is written on the page, Uh, which I think I go into that, but I'm excited to kind of really own, own my choices. Uh, And I think that that's where a lot of people really love different actors and their uniqueness. So I've been really fortunate to have, a lot of great teachers along the way when it comes to like directors or other actors. And I feel like each job I learn something new and I'm always open to learning and taking notes. And I'm excited to now in this time in my age, uh, I'm excited to tackle different characters too. So I love that. Yeah. Really. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. And especially cause it was just such a joy to watch you. I can't wait to see you on more screen soon. Oh, thank you. I would love to ask for maybe actors or actresses that are listening who are aspiring to get into the industry. I'd love to hear what your biggest piece of advice is for them. Hmm. My biggest piece of advice would maybe be to really, this sounds so cheesy, but truly stay true to yourself. I get this advice all the time where it's like, just put your head down and do the work. And if you really, if you really love to do what you do, go for it and, and make sure that 
you have a support system around you uh, and, and believe in yourself. <laughs> it sounds so cliche, but it's true. Those cliches are true. Like believe in yourself, surround yourself with good people, always be willing to learn and grow as an actor. I think these are the things I, I try to practice daily. And one goal I'm trying to work on is to enjoy the audition process too. Um, Love that. Yeah, enjoy the audition process. Use it as an opportunity to uh, to enjoy, even though it's such a trick of the mind. Because that's another battle of self worth. You know, like going in, it's like, will you will you like me? And it's like, oh, it sometimes has nothing to do with you, right? Yeah. So I guess that's my my kind of thing that I try to go by and would love to share with other actors who um, or people who are thinking about pursuing acting. That's a great piece of advice. I definitely think to me, that's just such a good piece of advice because you're talking about something that's like full spectrum, like from the beginning to the end, from trying to land the role to actually landing it. And I think that people listening will really resonate with that. Oh, I hope so. Thank you. I am so glad that we got to do this today. I was really excited to talk to you just because I feel like you had such an incredible character. There was so much incredible character study, scene study there. And I knew that we could really talk about some amazing things that could help anyone that's listening right now that wanted to get into the industry. So thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on your success again. This was so much fun and I loved meeting you. Oh my gosh. It was a pleasure talking with you and, and oh my gosh, you were just so deep and your questions were incredible and you can just tell that you, you know, you feel and appreciate art and are an artist yourself. So this has been a joy to be able to talk with you. <laughs> yeah. So glad. Thank you so much for making the time. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.